podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Jim Simonette uh, along with Stevie Mullen and Jim Watt. Welcome to the show guys. Thanks for having us Paul. It's always a pleasure to have you in the studio to talk about Celtic. We're asking a few questions today, the first one that we're asking on the the back is Shane Duffy being our latest recruit, is this the best transfer window? Now I think what I meant by that is in the nine in a row era because you could maybe go further back and say well I'll tell you what was a good transfer window Stevie. When we stopped the 10, that was a good transfer window when you think back to that. I, I think this is a, a great transfer window. If there's one or two going out the door, we could maybe supplement some defensive areas still to be covered. But I think overall, all over the park, we're pretty strong. It says to you early, we've got now 28 a first-team squad. Mm-hmm. Really, really well covered in midfield. Still a wee bit short, and again, this isn't any criticism of Greg Taylor, we're a wee bit short on the left side of the park, whether it's left-back or a defensive-sided midfielder. See, when I look at the defence, I'm delighted Shane Duffy's come in first and foremost. Aye. I'm a wee bit concerned that we might ship somebody out, that someone being higher. I hope that doesn't happen this season. I actually don't think he's ready to go in terms of his development. He should stay at Celtic until you know at least the end of the season. Jim, you'll have a, a good knowledge of Italian football. Aye. Would AC Milan be a good move for Ayer? I think it's maybe just speculation that, that he's linked with AC Milan. The uh, I, I think the thing Lennon said last week about players wanting to go and Ayer's agent reputedly coming back and saying name your price to we, to we go and find a club. Mm. I think you'll certainly learn a lot from uh, Mr Duffy, that's for certain. But I don't know if it's a wee bit early for him, uh, Paula. Well, I think so. I mean, I've always been a big fan of Ayer and I know that he divides opinions and I hear it when I'm at the games and I see it with the feedback that we get on the show as well. Um, But I do think that if he was to stay, and I'm not just saying this for staying for the 10, Mm -hmm. you know, for the benefit of that, I just think that there's been players in the past who have left too soon, they've left too early. Charlie Nicholas, for example, if you want to bring it kind of closer to to, um, the present, I think Liam Miller left too early. But if we yep. go and we lose another central defender, say it is Christopher Ayer, the now our defenders are Julian, Taylor, Bolly, Frimpong, Duffy, Ayer, El Hamid and Ralston. 
if we lose one of our central defenders who's there, we're still we're back to being shot again. Yes. There's no cover. No. You've got probably a good four, but one of them gets injured, you're struggling for defensive cover. And that's been my sentiment, Stephen, that we, what you're saying there is we can pick all, the, all these midfielders, but we're still short at the back. And if you're short at the back, that's when you've got to have the options to be able to play people around. But you need, you need this uh, person to come in for the back. Some comments coming through and we'll uh, pick through them because in actual fact there's loads of comments. There was a couple of hundred before we even started the broadcast. So uh, thanks everybody for getting involved. Colin Watt mentions that it's uh, still a a good bit of work to go to make it the best window ever. Takes a lot to top O'Neill's first season. I'd agree with that. Uh, Good to see Premiership quality players arriving. Left back and right winger next please. I think we do need a left back but there's been a lot of discussions about the left back on this podcast over the last week or so and I said to Jim yesterday that uh, before playing the likes of Turnbull and, and left back I'd play ball and golly before I played some out of position now, and I mean that that might be controversial ball and golly is still an asset to Celtic he's got a five match ban yeah, of course Lennon has come out and said he's not sure if he'll play for Celtic again do you think time in, in, this, in relation to this Stevie time will be um, a positive for Bolingoli in terms of he might end up being back in that squad I think Greg Taylor's getting a hard time now and I don't think it's all duly deserved on a very personal level I wouldn't play Bolingoli again for Celtic wouldn't sack him but I would manoeuvre a move away for the club whether it's in loan or a permanent I think we need defensive cover to supplement Greg Taylor or as I say do we get a left-sided midfielder who's got defensive qualities mm-hmm. Because I think Greg Taylor seems to be coming, same as James Forrest, a wee bit of a whipping boy for the Celtic fans just now. I, I think he is, isn't Going he? back to Colin's point about the outside right position, Dan Ladee mentioned ten times about James Forrest's uniqueness about going by defenders, which mm-hmm. I think he only done once in Sunday. The wee boy, uh, come, Frimpong, comes on. I thought he was outstanding. Some of the wrongs, in fact, he got the left-back booked the minute, two or three minutes after he was on. But... I would like to see, Stephen says, maybe a wee bit more cover at the, the left-back position for definite as well. See, when we're, we're looking at the right-back as well then, just when we're talking about full-backs, I don't think we're well covered there because I don't reckon Frimpong is a right-back. I think all his attributes are in an attacking sense, which leaves us with Elhamid, who I rate highly, and Alphine Ralston, who's disappeared off the edge of the earth. I think we need a, a bit of cover at right-back. If I draw Jim in in this one, I think uh, Billy McNeil let Paul McStay into the team at 17 years of age because they said age wasn't an issue. He just couldn't hold him back. Mm -hmm. I think there's maybe some games, especially at Celtic Park, that I'd like to see young Dumbelli getting put out to the right. We're talking about bringing somebody in. I don't know if it's too young, Jim. Is he at 17? Can he do it? If you're you're good enough, you're never too young. That's what I feel. So, aye, you're you're bang on. If if you're good enough, uh, come come into the squad. Come into yep. the first eleven. This is the opportunity for every player to be knocking down uh, Neil Lennon's door. It's just we see we see players coming to the club and young Dumbelli's been there. We're all excited about him. We get a wee chance last year, but it'd be nice to see. I think there's maybe games that are made from. Would you think, Stephen? I don't think he wants to be at the club. Mm. And I, again, if you're looking for any sort of defensive cover, he's not going to give you that. And like just surely personal, I wouldn't have him anywhere near the team in front of James Forrest no. or Jeremy Frimpong. Yeah, no. I, 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 agree with that. I, I agree with that. No, I'd like to see him get a chance. I, I, really think, 
I think the problem that we've got with we Dembele is but we had a wee discussion about him, Jim. Yeah. And there's a suggestion that he wants to leave the club. Right. Now, I don't think at 17 he's done enough to uh, demand a first team place. Again, it's maybe what these boys are getting told. Eh, That's right. Maybe we get their told for for an agent or Absolutely. somebody's came and seen you at this tournament but, and whatever. Certainly, I've no when he's got the ball at his feet. I've no heard anything negative about the kid. Mm-hmm. It's all been, you know, and every Celtic support, I would say ninety percent of them are excited at seeing the boy eh, player getting a chance in the team. That's what we discussed a eh, eh, wee while back, Stephen. Uh, that eh, I don't think he wants to be there. Mm. But it's agents turn people's heads. Aye, the, the fault the Fulham a full of a, a different promises here there Aye. and whatever. But it's not the agent that's stopping him from getting on the park. It's it's himself. It's him that's got to get himself on the park. But I'm with Stevie. Agree uh, with that. I'm with Stevie. I don't. I don't think he wants to be there, and I think he he's got um, thoughts to go elsewhere. I've said that Jim there about uh, James Forrest having a poor game at going by the, the defender mm-hmm. what a fabulous goal what mm-hmm. an absolutely fabulous goal and then hitting the post uh, hitting the bar in the second half you know so it's we know there's things there in James Forrest Amory that he can do but you know it's good maybe even to change it a wee bit but we're no unique there's a guy this morning for the academy for Chelsea Samuel Illing Union 16 years old he's away to Juventus so we're no unique that big clubs come and take your young boys yeah you know, they're of somebody's course. Chelsea, one of the richest clubs in the world, and their guys are getting took off them. I, that, that, these guys are hunting everywhere. Every club's hunting everywhere to go and take players. And the younger they can get them, the better. They're getting them on, they're helping develop them, and then they get the, the aim is to get them into their, their squad, their <coughs> team, and help them to get honours, and then later on, Make profit out of selling them. Jim, I think Stephen had mentioned yesterday to me what I didn't know. The boy Hickey, the, the Bayern Munich deals fell through and Bologna wanted to take him to Italy. Stephen was talking about, was it 28,000 euros? Mm-hmm. 28,000 euros <laughs> a week. You know, now the boy can play, but that's fabulous, isn't it? I know. You know, so if, if that's getting presented to you, and if this, if we're going back to the thing about them belly, I'm sorry I didn't know that, that there'd been uh, rumbles that the, the kid had want to, to leave the club, but, you know, these guys are saying, there's what we can get you a sign-on fee, there's what you'll be getting oh, yeah. wages, he will definitely play you, you know. Two, you know, and the agent will have two or three clubs lined up prepared to pay that Aye. kind of money, Jim. The, the frustration for me is, a guy like Dembele, we've seen him fleetingly last season. We were talking about it yesterday. He was on the bench against mm-hmm. Hearts for the Scottish Cup final the season before. So he's been there or thereabouts making his debut in Europe at 16. And you think, well, the problem I've got with someone like Dembele, and this goes further than that. It goes mm-hmm. to Tommy Rogic. It goes to Sorrow. If you're not in the first team, you're not playing. Aye. Because there isn't a reserve side and you can't play development football. We're uh, saying it's kids, but agents as well. And yeah. Jim, Jim will back me up with, with this and Stephen. The boy Broto that was the goalkeeper with Celtic, mm-hmm. absolutely outstanding. The following season, he was away because his agent was greedy. Ended up sacking his agent because he was desperate to stay at, at Celtic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's so many guys. Ramon Vega came in, had an absolute outstanding season for us back down the road to England because his agents went, there's what, what you'll get. I know. Yeah. I think it's time to trim the squad. 
I think well, we need, we well need, said, to, well we need said, to cut Stephen. some of them out. Aye, well yeah, we've got 13, yep. 13 midfielders now, and some of them are only going to get anywhere near the team. So if you get rid of some of them, bring some money in, and go and buy somebody as a replacement who's going to be competitive for a first-team squad. Yeah. We'll have a wee look at some of the comments coming through on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube as well. It's always welcome. It's great to see the comments flying in. James Downey via Facebook, we need another wing-back or left-back and a winger. I think, see, what I liked about, you've, you've mentioned Forrest there, Jim, and it was, sure. great, it was great to see him scoring that goal because uh, he has become the whipping Not goal. only good to boy. see it, an absolutely outstanding goal. What a goal. And I think, Paul, well, see when the boy scores the goal, the criticism of the last couple of weeks, I don't know if you watched him, he really let it go right yep. out of his system. He Jim, did, did you watch it, Steve? Mm-hmm. He was screaming when he scored the goal. A fabulous goal, but... Didn't you think that uh, Forrest, there was an alertness and a directness about him though at the weekend that maybe we've not seen in the last few weeks? I think he wanted to get the ball, get on the ball and make something happen. Well, you know, I'm saying sometimes I feel he could do better. They they changed, I think they have a player called Lamy that plays left back, Mm -hmm. where he's played the whole season. They put him into the middle and put the other guy out who was much more aggressive on James Forrest. I'll go back to him pulling down Frimpong and getting booked with that. Mm -hmm. So they changed Lamy. So people's opinion, you know, they know James Forrest can play. You know, the the wee guy is at Robinson, the Motherwell manager, brought Lamy in. And put the other guy, the, the more aggressive guy, out to the to the left hand side. The only thing I would say about James Forrest, sorry, f- sorry, Jim, no, was right. his second season under Brendan Brendan Rogers. Rogers sat with him and showed him the stats of what the team had produced, and and showed him his stats what he he hadn't produced. Start the following season, I think he scored a hat trick at St. Johnson. One of them was a wonder goal. He had a great season up at McDermott. Eh? Aye, yeah, yeah. Aye. That goal at the weekend there is one of the most important goals could. That could be one of the most important goals of the season. It's a great goal. Yeah, it, it, it helped us. Uh, it's how he took it as well, right. Stevie. He was at, it was off his stride, and then he got his feet from under himself, and and he took it well. But that settled us just before going into half time, and for there, uh, I think that we'll look back, and that goal is one of the most important. Maybe goals it's just of the me personally, my frustration because I've watched him do some wonderful things. Pace, goals, very, very important goals. And sometimes you're saying, my, you know, James, come on. You know, listen, we're all the same. We all need a wee shake. I, I looked at Forrest yesterday. Uh, Jim asked the question, and I, I'll say it again, and people may agree or disagree. I already think James Forrest is a Celtic legend. See, when we look back on this nine in a row, the three players at the moment, for me, that are standing out, Scott Brown, James Forrest, and Callum McGregor. And I'm talking about the, the nine in a row, not just fleeting yeah. appearances from the likes of Edward or, ah, yeah. you know, Sinclair who had right. a couple of good seasons. The, the boy is going to be a one club man. He's going to play over 500, probably over 600 games for the club. He's going to be regarded yeah. and revered as a Celtic legend. The amount of medals and trophies that he's going to win as a Celtic player will be unmatched, sure. uh, you know, potentially. And I think that we do get on his back. What I love to see over the last couple of games is, it, is his adaptability to move from right to left. Because El Yunus is he's a bit hit and miss at the moment, isn't he? He played quite well against Ferenc Varos despite the defeat. But then he comes on against Mullerwell and he's almost anonymous again. You, you, we've moved Forrest over to the left and he's been brilliant cutting in on his on his right foot so when we're looking at a winger do we need a winger I would like to have one maybe who can adapt between the two the two 
listen, I'm not saying go out and sign Paddy Roberts. I know his name <laughs> keeps coming up all the time. But that type of player... I think we can be a chance right of Julia Roberts, Paul, <laughs> <laughs> than Paddy. Maybe in our day, Jim. But I mean, Pad- Paddy Roberts, that type of player who can play right or left. Aye. And he's a creative type because El Yanusi is blown hot and cold. As you say, Forrest can do the same. Frimpong hasn't had a period of time where he's played 12 games well consistently. Right again, he's been hot and cold. So I think we still need someone, but it would be ideal if he could play on both flanks. Mm. But does that player exist? I think he exists, but he's way over budget. <laughs> uh, again, football's a great game, and everybody has an opinion. James Forrest will be a Celtic legend, mm. and I'm going to go back to what it says at the weekend, and he can go back to Peter Grant. The Celtic fans don't fancy him much. Five Celtic managers picked Peter Grant, four have picked James Forrest. You know, so we all say, oh, we trust the manager. He's got to decide that we don't like somebody, then they're wrong. Mm-hmm. That's I th- right. I think and, James, and, James For- and James For- well, James Forrest, uh, uh, we said yesterday, Paul, it was 401 of 402 games he's played. He scored 90 goals. He, he's got he's got the medals. He's got the he's got all the trophies that he's contributed to. Celtic, le- Celtic the, legend. The goal at Lazio was... Outstanding. It's a legend. Absolutely outstanding. He's the type of guy, Jim, that, and I, and I do expect, and I'm not taking this for granted, but I do expect us to progress into the Europa League group stages. He's the type of guy, if we are able to progress and you've got that important game like mm-hmm. against Lazio, he'll pop, up, he'll, he'll pop up and score a goal. Aye. James Forrest will score a goal in the big games, you know? Aye. And I think that when you're looking at his age, I know that he's not the type of guy who comes out on Instagram and does all that kind of stuff. He's not very vocal. But I think there's a common influence about Forrest and some of the younger guys or the new recruits will look up to James Forrest as being one of the, obviously, the senior pros now, which is unusual when you've seen him playing since he was a 17, 18-year-old himself. But it depends if you're liked by the Celtic fans. Mm-hmm. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm going to just bring in somebody else. At the weekend, Jim said, or jo- Jim said about Johnny Hayes and how I'd want to stay at Celtic. Nothing could be further for the truth. If I had 100 choices for a left-back, Johnny Hayes would be 100. The Celtic fans would he be ahead of uh, Turnbull? No. <laughs> <laughs> he was three years at the club. He won eight out of eight domestic trophies. 67 appearances completed 90 minutes only 14 times and scored two goals. Didn't he play under Brendan Rodgers in the Champions League? And here's a bit what I don't like. 
Maybe in the squad gave the ball away more. <coughs> Worst defensive errors in the squad. Nobody lost the ball more in his defensive third than Johnny. His 5.37 failed crosses per 90 minutes was the highest in the squad. His dribbling stats, expected assists and second assists were no replicated to Celtic out of the Aberdeen. He was a very, very lucky guy who was liked by the Celtic fans and I put it a lot down to him being Irish. Nothing to do with his ability as a Celtic, a Celtic jersey. You're probably right that he's liked more because he is, is Irish, Stevie. Uh, he won three league championship medals, didn't he? Eight out of eight, Jim. Trophies huh? wise. Huh? Stevie's the president of the Johnny Hayes supporters bus. I think what's annoying jo- uh, Stevie is Johnny Johnny Hayes is one of the best. What we say the other day, the other likes. But well done. Those statistics so, Stevie, are if, if, I, if, I've, if I've picked you up wrongly about Johnny Hayes, you've proven me. You've proven me there that uh, uh, I, d- I did pick you up wrong. If, if you've got all the stats here, well done for that. But Johnny Hayes still, that go, he, he's done, he's done a lot of good things as well. Three good things he done at Celtic. He won cracking tackle against Rangers, scored a good goal, and jumped an advertising board that New Douglas Park <laughs> to get a shy. I remember the, that. That was uh, a particularly good leap. That, 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 that's, that was, that's the three uh, things he done positive at Celtic. I take your point um, wholeheartedly because I think there's other players who, if you were to produce the stats, would be particularly good. Who are not fancied. So, is Greg Taylor in that category? I don't know. I've not seen the stats. I'd like to see his stats. But I know that from last season, and by the way, it's tin hat time on. See, Maurice Boyer as a defender, his stats were excellent last season. But what, what I mean is, Greg Taylor's mm. getting slaughtered for his attempt to crosses and cut out, which we'd kept Johnny Hayes. Well, Johnny Hayes was worst, worst in the squad. I know. But because it's Johnny Hayes, He's become and the other wee thing, it's wee bit cheeky. You tell Johnny to stay in the house when it was a team photo day, didn't you? <laughs> Would you? I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so that's us. That's us. Get seven up to seven now for Stevie, and the votes will begin out. You know the beach ball, the stolen motor, and now that there's loads of good uh, comments coming in. Gary Doonan, who gets involved in the bulletin on an almost daily basis okay. uh, via Facebook. Uh, well done, Gary. The best transfer window, I think, Jim, you've already said this, yeah. is the transfer window where you win trophies. Yeah. So, you know, we await. Um, this season to see how successful it is and we can maybe look back I think in terms of transfer windows I would go back to the 97-98 season under Vim Janssen that was a particularly good window when you're thinking of the obvious one with Henrik Larsson but there was, a, there was a host of other players that came in and then a few later on because it wasn't windows at that time was it? So I think uh, Mark Reaper came in a wee bit later um, as well but we had players like Craig Burley love him or yeah. love him now he was an excellent signing Aye that season Paul Lambert came in a wee bit later fantastic buy he also had guys like Stefan Mahe mm-hmm. and an important player that Stephen season Mahe, Jonathan yeah. Gould he was an important player that yeah. season as well so I'd maybe say that was a, a particularly good transfer window because we had to stop Rangers that mm-hmm. season didn't we the centenary year transfer window as well was oh, brilliant. brilliant right especially you know, so when you, you look at back. the guys we lost Stevie but I think if you what you said there Liv, it was this current dine in a row this is the best up to now you know on paper Mm-hmm. You know the guys have still got a lot to prove I think what I like about it is Generally when we go through a transfer window There's a few buys in there Who you know is not going to get anywhere near the first team right? And I think January back then With Clamalla and Sorrow For a decent outlay There's two guys who weren't ready for the first team yeah. I think if you look at the players we've signed so far The five players Every one of them I'm not saying could walk into the first team Stevie Because we've discussed Turnbull already But they're first team players 
They're guys who are going to get games in the first team this season. Every got, one of them. They've got to be ready to challenge to play in the first team. Uh-huh. They'll be ready to play next summer. Yep. You know, if, for example, somebody was to get injured, these guys can get in and you don't make a noticeable difference to the quality of your team. That's when you're ready. You know, get back to the wee guy, Lewis Ferguson. He's already played over 100 senior appearances. So if he was to sign for Celtic, he's ready to play and then when he's needed. Absolutely. And that, Stevie, this is what we've been saying. It's okay he's signing all these he, he different players. It's got to be impact right away. Soon as they come, ready to go in the park, ready, ready to fit into a, a, a position mm-hmm. where, 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 where we need them. So we're actually, we're actually between us all, is all, everybody out there as well. Soon as Shane Duffy comes, he's bang in there. He's banging at the back. But there's, th- th- that's the way it should be. And that's what the man's, Go that's back the point. The man's making the point of there. But the, thing, but the thing is, that's not happening. He's right. Stevie's right. Mm-hmm. The players that come have got to be able to go in right away. Bang. And Do make it. that impact and make their impression. Yeah. Make their impression on the fans by view at the moment. Aye. Because there's no fans going to get in tap anybody's back. Because there isn't anybody there. So impression right away. Impact, attitude, willingness to win and willingness to become a Celtic player and a Celtic team player. So bang on, Stevie. I think what Stevie said, he's he's 28 years of age, Stephen. Uh, Duffy. Yep. You know, good talker, strong big centre-half. I'll go back to Rodgers bringing in Toury and just getting us through into the Champions League. Just talking to guys, you know, that experience, it's going to be fabulous. See, see we go back to the the very first show we've done, Stevie. It was Stevie. It was the man sitting beside you, mm-hmm. Shane Duffy. It was him that said it. Aye, Stephen I mean, I'd love to take I'd love to take the credit for that. Aye. But it was it was him that said it. So maybe we've got it a wee bit wrong with the Johnny Johnny Hayes part there. But you did say she, hey, Duffy. Yep. You you Aye. you and then we all started looking at Duffy. Aye. So there 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 it, there it is. Aye. It's so great to get him. Of course it is. Aye. But only it's only great to get him. Mm-hmm. If he's going to come on and be the impact player that we think he's going to be. Well, we hope that. We all, yep. we all hope that. We're a bit of luck. As we spoke about earlier, Jim, before we come on air, you know, as Celtic fans, you think we can just go and take guys. I but when you're dealing with Brighton and Hove Albion, you know, you're dealing with Tony Bloom, one of a billionaire, you know, a professional gambler who's made all his life gambling. When he worked at Victor Chandler, he managed to convince Victor Chandler, who's a real person, all the profits for the 98 World Cup up into including the semi-final to put them on France to beat Brazil and they've done it you know so he's got a real powerful persuasion you can't go and bully him into a transfer mm-hmm. no you, you can't so, so the transfer's been done at a time and suitable to Celtic and to Brighton it, pro- it probably has aye it probably has we've done well getting them in we've done well in getting them in and Celtic has been doing there because they couldn't bully him they couldn't be on. They went down and says to, to Mr. Bloom, how much are you wanting for this guy? Wanting this. Celtics probably thought about it and said, well, maybe can he afford that? Then I went back, then back and forward. So both clubs have done brilliant to get the player. Both, both, both clubs have done brilliant. Celtic have done great to get Duffy and let's all hope he is the impact player that we want him to be. I think the other side of the park, Gaetti's beginning to look as if he's going to fit in. Mm-hmm. You know, he's wow. he's in the box. He was the goal against Dundee United. It was his head that got back. He turned around to face the play and it goes to the net. Uh, 
I'm not saying he's Henrik Larson, but it's a wee start, isn't I it? I think it's what we need you know, at the moment. We, need. we definitely it's in the box, do. Yeah. And again, that wee bit of experience. Somebody's yeah. been about a wee bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, Patrick Murphy via YouTube, the Celtic Lowell way, Lowell? Lowell way will be to balance the books. If any club offers 15 to 20 for either Ayer or Encham, they will be sold. Let's get back to 3 5 2 and get a new left wing back in. I do. St- I still think, even though we've had a good, and I think we've had an, a very good transfer window, I still think we're going to sell a first-team player. And it sounds as though it might be higher. We've spoke the, about that, Jim. The point yep. Stevens made about thinning the squad, I think once England starts getting up and running again, that'll... Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll see players leave, leave mm-hmm. the club. Is mm-hmm. Rodjick, no, is there something with Rodjick going to the Middle East as a... I think it's just an is, ongoing saga at the minute, but it's yeah. it's going to happen. They're talking about a fee of four million quid for sure. for him, and you know, there's another comment in relation to Ayer from failed dossier. Big Ayer wants to leave, then let him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes it's worth turning a player around, and I think Lennon did that last preseason, Stevie, with Incham, didn't he? And Cham was making the moves to try and get. Uh, I think it was was it Porto that were interested last summer. But again, you've also got the other thing as well. And Omar Colley's agents come out this morning and say Celtic have showed a definite interest. Mm. So if you can get twenty plus million pound for Christopher Ayer and bring him in, another great bit of business. Yeah, is he with Sam so. at the moment? Yeah, you know. So, so I don't think we should hang our hat on any of these guys. You know, see if they don't want to be there. Let them go, but we can't just keep bringing guys in and not let anybody go out the door. You're you right. know, if I was to redo the list of our midfielders, you know, you would be shocked. Could I ask you, Stevie? Do you have? And this is a genuine question: Is Kundai Benu in that list? No. Is he still at Celtic? No, I think he's. I can't find him anywhere. Dismissed. No. I've he, tried he, to find him. Th- th- this just came from the official Celtic FC website. So he's not even on that. So he's not in that. He's gone. Now, Liam White, this is going back to the, one of the points we made earlier. I'd play Dennis Taylor before Greg Taylor. I, I think if you actually deconstruct that comment, right, has Greg Taylor really played that badly? You've you've produced some stats to show that Johnny Hayes wasn't a particularly good player for Celtic. No. If you look at the stats, I'm pretty sure Greg Taylor isn't as bad as what people think. There's a perception of them now, isn't there? Again, if we go back to what we were talking about on Sunday, the guys were watching the show... That Greg Taylor had his two best seasons at Kilmarnock under Steve Clark in a more defensive position mm-hmm. yep. where he wasn't getting as much of the ball and he looks more exposed Aye. going forward with Celtic because he doesn't have the blinding bit of pace or the trick. But if you were going to look for to play in a four with defensive cover, get something in front of Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor's probably a good wee player. Aye. See the thing, Stevie, it's a brilliant point. How often prior to joining Celtic was Greg Taylor in the top third of the pitch with the ball at his feet and people were expecting him to create something. Probably not that often. He's been a left back and he's doing a job as a defender. And then he's coming to this attacking Celtic side and he's been expected. So there's going to be a period of him ad- adapting as well, I would get. He's still young. To be he's fair still to him, Paulie, two assists against Hamilton. Hamilton, Two great yeah. assists. But the last couple of games, Jim, I think he's he's been trying to get the ball into a... I know an existent centre forward. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I would like? Be do you know? Do you know what I'd like for the young lad? Is that he's got the, all this criticism eh, that's floating about out there? I'd love him to take that and turn it right into a, a negative and become a better player and show and show the Celtic support and Scottish football yeah. that he's got it in his bag to become a better player. Now, nobody's actually saying here in this show that 
that comment there. Uh, was his name Dennis Taylor? Mm. Was he a snooker player? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I wouldn't even say that comment, but everybody's got their opinion. Sure. We've, we've said that in the past. He's a, he's a young player, he's a Celtic player. We can talk about him constructively, mm-hmm. but I hope he goes out and shows that he can become a better player. He can become you a see, better you player. Have you seen any of the goals I've lost? Has it been a result of his defensive negligence? I don't think we have. There was a wee criticism, I think, I made, but again, I'm probably splitting hairs a wee bit here, Stevie. The first goal against Ferenc Varos, yeah. which was a cracking strike. I thought you would say that. It was aye. a cracking strike. But he's in an area of the pitch. They all slept, Paul. Aye. They all slept coming out. And then they definitely to did. the left, it went to the boy. They, they all slept. And, and, and Greg was part of that. He was but part of that. He he's not solely to blame. Was, aye, but his, but was his position in the setup. Was to the right of the defence. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that's tried to make an effort to get yeah. across. We could have threw a, a blanket or other five during about eighteen right. year box. Exactly. Uh, so I'm splitting hairs with that mm-hmm. one. I don't think obviously he's been to blame. I don't think so. I'm with Jim on this, right? Know that I know the boy Taylor, but I, I do think there's there's a player in there. I think there's potential mm-hmm. in there. He's adapting. He's still adapting, and he's he's not used to be attack. You know, attacking as much as he is now, Stevie. I don't think we've been overcritical of him on this podcast, but I think we've got to start um, considering the bowling goalie situation as well. Obviously, that happened. Everybody's just, you know, criticising him as a person. We had a wee think about it. We then said he's still a person. You know, the whole Aye. world's against him. That That's going to be difficult for him to get through that. Neil Lennon came out. He didn't say for sure that he wouldn't play for Celtic again. As a club, they're maybe now looking at him, at him as a £3 million asset. Yeah. Is he, is he going to be someone who Celtic will play again? I think that's a big question that I, needs to be I answered. I think the guys higher up than Neil Lennon will be making that decision regarding what he's done at the club, you know. But again, it all falls down to injuries. If he's still at the club, somebody's injured, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to put him back in without a doubt. I'd, that, put, the, I'd put a midfielder back in there before I would play him. Sorry, the man is one, th- the man is one thing, mm-hmm. and the player, the professional player is another. I'm um, um, with Stevie I wouldn't Sorry it's Jim so, I just would not what you I, and Stevie are saying I, I, I would right. play him But again we'll go back to What the caller said there About economics of Celtic Aye. Selling players mm-hmm. Certainly the case Of economics That if somebody comes in We have no Champions League money now I know So yeah. if someone comes in With 15 millions And 20 millions Already If somebody comes in And tempts with big money We all know in our hearts What they're going to decide If one of these areas Of the pitch Stevie that we've maybe identified I said we've identified It's only our opinion We might need another winger we, ne- we might need another right back If one of these areas of the pitch You've got the You have the option to buy a player But in order to buy that player It means you can't buy another left back Does that yeah. change your mind on ball and goalie? If you really want a particular right winger Right but it means that you're going to push the boat out And you can't buy a left back Do you run with Taylor and ball and if goalie? You, if you were putting me in the spot about this, I would sell in Sham and finance the other deals. Right. I think he would be the most expendable. Is he a luxury? It, it shouldn't be a luxury. He should be bossing the whole club yeah. in midfield. He's got the mm. build, he's got the physique, mm. he's got the ability, doesn't seem to do it enough, and he's obviously not a first pick for Neil. No. So I think he's the most expendable out of your big assets in it. And that covers a lot of different bases, doesn't it? Yep. I mean, it doesn't quite fill the gap of the Champions League loss but it allows you then to buy the two or three players that perhaps Neil Lennon's still looking at. Now, some more comments coming in. Gary Doonan, going back to the uh, transfer window. 
Via Facebook, in most recent times, the start of Invincible season wasn't big in terms of finance or numbers. Dembele, Gamboa, Toure, De Vries and Sinclair. So the biggest buyout all of them was Sinclair, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Gamboa turned out to be a bad signing in terms of the games that he played or didn't play. But you look back on that season, you think that was an excellent transfer window. We didn't. The outlay wasn't massive, was it? Patrick Murphy. Jim, you're talking nonsense. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. About Turnbull potentially playing left back. Apparently. That's good, Patrick. Patrick. You're welcome to your opinion. But uh, what we're saying, it's an option. We're not saying to put anybody in at left back. We're talking options. So that could be uh, that could be McGregor going back to left back. If you if you are under pressure and you've nobody to put into that position, then you've got to look at every option to go in at that Did, back. Didn't he play there against Copenhagen? Left Sorry, back. didn't he play there against aye, Copenhagen? Aye. Left back, he did left back. McGregor. McGregor right. played uh, left back uh, left against yep. Cluj last Copenhagen. season. Oh, was it Cluj? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dixie Normus says that um, Hayes was never going to make an impact at Celtic. Well, I think when we bought him, he was the outstanding player in Scottish football outside the Celtic and Rangers. I was very surprised. He was. When Celtic bought up uh, Johnny Hayes. I've only ever seen him playing well against Celtic. Any time I've seen him playing, playing against Rangers, he was anonymous in the games. I would need to agree with that. Now, Scott Graham makes a point in relation to Forrest. If he was to move uh, to left mid, then El Yunusi could potentially move into number 8 or number 10 role because that's where he played when he was at Mulder and then we might get the most out of him. What do you do with El Yunusi? The guy has got bags of talent. He's shown it in dispatches at Celtic, but not on a consistent basis, has mm-hmm. he? I, I think it would have to go back, Paul, to the wee discussion we had prior to the show and you says you would maybe want to make a complete show to us about... With the current squad we've got, for your viewers to pick, 3-5-2 and 4-4-2 with the players, and I think it would be really, really interesting to see the variations in the teams you would get. Good shout, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tony Cassidy's been in touch via Twitter. Stevie, the Roy Keane of a Celtic state of mind. Cheers, Tony. Okay, there we go. And Kevin Graham, who is well known to most of the viewers, is stating, I'm not wholly a fan of stats-based opinion, but that but that Neil Lennon trusted Johnny Hayes in big games for him says a lot about the player character and sometimes he's that important. Four, 14, 14 important. games, 67 appearances, 14, 90 minutes. Didn't he trust him that much? No, you're right. <coughs> but Brendan Rodgers didn't he trust him at all in Champions League games when he went out the domestic. And he signed him. He's... He signed him. You, you know when you, you look at that as well, some people say oh, he always gave 100%. Surely that's the, the prerequisite for any player. He always Aye. gave 100%. Well, go back to Johnny Doyle, God rest him. You know, I remember guys screaming at Johnny Doyle. Obviously, he was trying to fill the void a wee jinky. There was a guy that he, he gave you 100%, but there was just games that never clicked for him. But that's football, isn't it? Exactly, it is. Now, Stevie, you did bring up Shane Duffy very early on a Celtic yep. state of mind several weeks ago uh, and I don't think I'd actually seen the news 
prior to uh, you suggesting that he might come to Celtic. You've also mentioned Lewis Ferguson yep. uh, over the last few weeks, and there's quite a few comments coming in about Lewis Ferguson. My biggest concern there would be the fact that you, we don't actually need another midfield player. You've said yourself 13 midfielders. 13 uh, midfielders, yeah. and I don't think ha- some of them will get anywhere near the first team. I agree with you. So Aye. my basis of Lewis Ferguson is that I think if he's got 100 appearances at 21, we've got guys breaking through at Celtic at 23 and 24 who have played a handful of appearances. So he's ready. He's like the South American guys you bring in. They've played hundreds of games at senior level and they're just ready to play. He would be able to offer good competition for your midfield area and not just be a guy who's content to sit about. Do you want me to read the midfielders we've got? Yeah. yeah. Right. Beaton, Brown, Sorrow, Turnbull, Christie, Rogic, Johnson, Encham, Elianusi, Luca Connell, McGregor, Forrest and Henderson. It's an imbalance of midfielders we've got. We've got, uh, yeah, we have. And someone's actually made a point about Mikey Johnson as well because until you mention him, we've not even discussed Mikey Johnson. I think he must be about four weeks from coming back yeah. from injury. Uh, he's still to come back. This is from Sean Hill via YouTube. Hopefully we can get Griffs back into the squad. Left back, left wing back next in the transfer window. Happy enough. We have we have discussed Griffiths and it's someone that, um, you know, no one forgets he's still at the club, but he doesn't seem to be anywhere near that first team squad, Stevie. Um, is he a player that Neil Lennon might look to to move on? I think Neil's one of his greatest attributes is his loyalty to his players. There must come a breaking point with your loyalty when you can't rely on these guys. That last week, you know, we were playing a Champions League game without a forward. I don't know Lee Griffiths' personal situation, but surely if we have to depend on this guy's going to make himself available for these games. There's another point coming in about Shane Duffy. Howard Roark via YouTube. If Duffy wasn't Irish, would there be so much hysteria about the signing? I think signing a player from that level of English football and internationally, Aye. 28, when it's a position that we need to fill, I think that's why Celtic fans... The Irish thing you mentioned at the very beginning, I mentioned it yesterday, I do like seeing a couple of Irishmen in the Celtic team. I think it's, it's oh, a bonus, of course, it's, yeah. a, it's a bonus, but the big guy can play. He can play, and that's yeah. the main thing. Gary Doonan uh, goes on to say, Ayer at 21 or 22 has taken some grief recently. Anybody know how good Duffy was six years ago? Because he is a very accomplished player, Ayer, at his age. You know, sometimes we forget Aye. how young good he is. Point. You know, so Good point. But, but Aya will never be a Shane Duffy type player. And if you're looking for a dominant centre half, you're a dominant centre half in your play at 21, 22 years of age. You can adjust your game to then become a wee bit more accomplished. But if you've not got that determination, dare I say it, brutality in your game, nobody's ever going to put it in. And Christopher Ayer won't ever have the same attributes as Shane Duffy. Now, I think the other day there, Kevin, and he won't mind me repeating this, because I, you know, I did speak to him on a day about it, Stevie, he described him as a, a no-nonsense type defender. And Kevin went on to say that, that every time he sees him described in the press, that's mm-hmm. how they describe him. Now, it's either lazy journalism, um, or they're trying to suggest that he doesn't have much football about him. Because a no-nonsense defender, what does that mean? Sure. You win headers, you win tackles, you boot the ball at the park. Celtic have got ball-playing defenders in Ayer and Julian. And it might be a good balance to have a no-nonsense defender in there. But I don't think that's where Celtic are at the moment, to have a, that type of player. I think the last time I was through, I spoke about Pat Stanton coming mm-hmm. and making Roddy McDonald a better player 
albeit one season. Yeah. But I think Roddy McDonald that year was absolutely outstanding. Just with somebody next to him who could talk him through. The thing about Ayer being 21 years of age, I'm hoping Shane Duffy improves him through being able to speak, you know, command, tell him where to go. I, th- I think it's a fabulous thing. I think, and hopefully Ayer will progress, get better with someone like that beside him. Another thing as well, Paul, you don't play that amount of games in the Premier League in England without being able to pass the ball. Aye. Now, he's not going to be a Polish defender. He's not going to be Pirlo. He's not going to be Cannavaro. But he can pass the ball. He's, he's not an idiot on the ball. He's maybe just not the most accomplished or polished defender, but he's not any slouch on the, the deck either. And you're bang on with the amount of appearances, Stevie. He, he just over 200 appearances in the English uh, Premier, League. Premier League. Well, we've got a, a few messages coming up from um, a friend of a Celtic state of mind called Spencer Vignes, who is a Brighton and Hove Albion supporter. He's written mm-hmm. books about the club. And he reckons it's an excellent signing for Celtic and, and for Shane That's Duffy. That's good to hear. And for Shane Duffy. Uh, because he said, you know, he's one of these guys who may not be the perfect mould of this athletic footballer. He likes a few pints, he likes a night out, but not to the detriment of his performances. Uh, but that's maybe why he's not in the plans down there. He comes up here and he reckons he's going to do well for Celtic. So Fabulous. I'll take that from close quarters. It's uh, good to hear that from absolutely. one of the fans. Is- Jim's saying he's played 200 games down there in the games. Didn't he date Paul McGrath any harm having a few pints? I certainly did not. He was one of the uh, finest uh, defenders. Uh, now we know why his career went down there. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, hey, listen. Have you, you mentioned can, the Savoy in there? You can bring up Paul McGrath anytime you want on this podcast. I just think the guy was a, he was a genius. Uh, he was uh, a genius footballer. Great play. When you read his book, Back from the Brink, you realise he should never have been a footballer with the upbringing he had, a really sure. tough upbringing. And then obviously had his demons when he made it as a player. For anybody out there who likes a football autobiography, it's the finest yeah. autobiography I've ever read. Not just football, just generally back from the brink. I'd have loved to have seen McGrath in a Celtic jersey, Stevie. That'd have been a bit of a signing. That'd you have been a bit of a signing. They wouldn't have been a nostalgic one, you know, guys at the end of the career just to come up and get a wee payday and say the world of hoops. He'd have been a fantastic player for us. Here's a wee story for you then. Tom Grant, Billy McNeil and Neely Mockin travelled down to Manchester to sign Paul McGrath, right? Wow. They're meeting him in a, a do, some kind of do where some kind of player of the year dance or something and there's Paul McGrath. By the end of the night, Paul McGrath is so drunk that he can't lift his head off the table. A form is passed over and he signs it. Wow. He signs the form. Obviously we never signed the player but that, that's a true story. That came from from Tom. So Paul McGrath did sign for Celtic, but I don't think he was in a fit state to do so. Um, but they did want to sign him. Big Billy went down to sign him. What a signing would have been there? That would have been a, a tremendous Again, signing. Again, Big Billy went and got Gaza to agree to sign if Paul McStay would have left. Is that right? Yep. Then I remember Paul, reading that in Shoot magazine then actually. Paul decided it? to stay, but right. Gaza was coming to Celtic to replace Paul. Was he? I remember yeah. when you know when Italian football was on Channel Four, Jim. Yeah, you'll remember right. it well. And what happened then is a lot of people who maybe weren't interested in Italian football started Aye. showing an interest of in course. it. Aye. Now I'm a Celtic fan, but at that time, I one think of the guys the girl was hosting the show, Paul. Oh, was there? <laughs> I, I'm obviously a Celtic fan, but you kept an eye on Gascoigne because he was, Aye, you know, he was a player that you knew from the English leagues, and you had seen him at the World Cup in 1990. So you did keep an eye on him, and I remember him getting interviewed. And he was referring to Rangers as Glasgow. He says, yeah, I've been over speaking to Glasgow. Right. He didn't even know they were called Rangers, you know. So imagine he had signed. What, what Was that when he was at Newcastle? Yep. 
Was it? Yep. As a young player? Then now, you go. That would have been a signing and he, he would have been a fantastic Celtic player. Absolutely, they'd have been wonderful. They would certainly have Again, been. Again, earlier on, you know, no other transfers work out here. This morning, Tottenham are putting in Dombally back up in the transfer market. Their record signing last summer at 54 million quid just hasn't worked for them. No. And he's th- you're right, Stevie. Some, sometimes when you you sign somebody, uh, it, it just doesn't work. If somebody goes to a new job, sometimes it doesn't work. It's tight. Without a doubt, Jim. You know, Aye. there's just circumstances within Aye. there. And what, one of, the, one of the, the, the great things in a transfer that happened with Celtic was Stillian. Because that nearly never worked. Yes. But... That was lucky. Yeah. That was that was that was fate that that did all happen. But he could have been away did the he next season. He, he was he was totally unhappy about Schwed coming Aye. after what we'd seen. And it's as Stevie says, it's just no work. Doesn't work. You know, he's in Belgium. This is the thing. Now I'm glad that Danny Martin, 23, has brought up reports that uh, Incham might be on his way because the <coughs> report yesterday is that Southampton are interested. Yeah. Now some people have mentioned. The fee, the fee that's been quoted is a substantial one, and I think that some Celtic fans have been saying, "Well, you know, if you were able to get that kind of money for him, and it's twenty million pounds, that's not the fee. That's not came from me. That that's a reported figure. Then, oh, you, you should sell him. But I think what we should all realise is, if you're selling to the English market, then twenty million pounds should be the absolute minimum for a first team player mm-hmm. that you're yeah. selling to the English mm-hmm. market. We've seen it before. Tierney went down there for twenty five. If he has a good season. For Arsenal, what value will he have? But right. I think we in Champ Paul, if you're going to sell him, you need to sell him in this transfer window. Twenty twenty two, you get it next summer, then he's only got six months before he could sign a pre contract. Mm-hmm. I think you need to cash in just now if he's going to go. If he was going to sign an extension, then great, you can start building plans that he's going to stay at the club. If there's no any indication he's going to do it, I think right now is the correct time to get rid of him. That's the wrong terminology to, to sell him. Yeah, if there's an asset you need yep. to sell of the three that have been mentioned, Ayer and Cham and Edward. He's been a player that's been outstanding in some games. Yep. Against Anderlecht, the first 15, 20 minutes, you'd, you'd thought it was his first time in a football park, and then he sets up Kieran. That's right, couldn't he pass the ball, Jim, could he? No, uh-huh. sets up Kieran, who puts it into Griffiths, and all of a sudden, just one pass. Yep. That one pass where he maybe just got back into the game. You know, Stephen's played at a good level, he knows that's what happens. Would you like to keep him, Stevie? If he was going to sign an extension, if he's not getting any indications that he wants to sign an extension, then I would allow him to go in this window. Aye. Aye. But you would like him to stay if he's, if he's signed an extension. But, but again, as you say, but we've got a wee bit of... Again, are we going to go back where these guys who were called last week agitators, are they going to stay? Mm-hmm. I, I think we should... How do you say this correctly? We should introduce what's called a Judas pig. Do you know what a Judas pig is? Tell me. Pigs, in general, are very, very clever animals. Yeah. Right? So when they're going to the slaughterhouse, they squeal when they pig. So the old farmer will have a pig. It's an old one. He'll go and sort of give them the nod. Everything's all right. And they all calm down. They go, and they go to the slaughterhouse. So see all these guys who are agitating if they don't want to... We should stick the old Judas pig in there and get them all out of the money. I've never heard that scene before. I was actually I'm actually hungry now. I was actually I was actually thinking Jim Leishman used to be with the coup or the night. 
It's gone to the slaughters. Do we'll get happy with the pigs? Two days in a row we've been talking about slaughters. Excuse me for smiling, but that actually got smells. It's the last rolling bacon I'll have. That's a Judas pick. Right, there you go. I'm the same as you. See, they don't, but equally, see, they don't want to be there. You've got to say on you go as well. So, well, I like your terminology of that uh, there, but I've I never think heard that. They're talking with Ryan as well, aren't they? They've put the contract in front of Ryan, the extension in front of Ryan, and I don't think anything's come back through that. See, the big thing with that, Jim, I interviewed John Hughes, mm-hmm. must have been two months ago now, eh? During lockdown? Yes, yeah. Maybe three months ago. Yeah. And he was talking about Celtic need to get uh, that contract sorted with Ryan Christie. This right. has been an ongoing issue for a lot, I don't a lot even of time. I think they've had a response from no. what I'm led to believe. Does he want to stay? Uh, that I don't know, but I don't think they've had a response. That's his father's indicating say. that he would like to go and play in England. Mm. Oh, his father's indicating that all different teams are, are looking at him and they could go and do, do this and do that. I spoke with Stephen and been out at Aberdeen and spent the time at Inverness, so you know, he's you, you sort of run out of time to earn big money. Yeah, no, you're right. And they're just human beings after all. Now, looking back uh, to the left-back position, Kevin Graham, I would have Taylor and Hayes before Bolingoli any day of the week. Sometimes a solid six is what a coach needs. Now, I think back to a time where everybody was changing their Twitter handles to Bolingoli. He was the flavour of the month for a wee while. Without a doubt. Paul, um, sorry, can I ask you a question? What, what is a solid six? Six out of ten. Performer. Average performance every, every game. That's what I take from that. Right. Uh, you do want consistency, but... You know, I think it's going to come down to finance. Like you say, Stevie, if we sell one of the guys we've mentioned, Encham, simply because we've got so much cover in midfield would be my guess, um, and you can cash in on that. It may not be an issue, but we might be going into October, November, only having one left back, one recognised left back, and then Wollongoli becomes part of that squad. That's that's it. So, I mean, it sounds ridiculous after what's happened. And if the recognised left back gets injured... You've got to play him. Aye. I think the guy change the whole formation. I think the guy who could cure both problems defensively and if, if you want somebody sitting for it would be Barry Douglas. I think he's an easy fix if Taylor's not to play, if he's to play left back or if he's just to stand one in front of him. He's got a, he's got a lovely left foot and a wee bit of defensive capability. Daniel Leach makes a point via YouTube. Encham will probably join Musa at Leon. Leon are interested. Imagine he did. Wow. And you've got you've got uh, Dembele and Cham and Denier all playing for Leon. I think it gives you a glimpse of what could happen if Celtic were able to retain Aye. all their top top players. Aye, been great. But I think part of the reason, and Stephen and I have spoke about this now, it's the 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 game now. If you're saying to these guys come and get a window of maybe a season and a half, two seasons, and if the money's right, we'll let you go. I think that's how we're getting these guys to the club. You're right. You know, and that's not just us. That's every club like Celtic. We're using that. So when Aye. it happens, Jim, you've Aye. got to accept we, We're it. a very, very high-profile club compared to many. You know, worldwide support. So if the guy's agent saying, get to this club, get a good season with them, two seasons then we'll get the move. I think that's just part of what we've got to accept. Sam Hamad, thanks for getting involved, Sam. You've made a point there, lucky to get £10 million for Encham. The, my counterpoint to that would be the days of Celtic selling on the cheap have got to have Aye. gone by now. I mean, you look at uh, what we got for Van Dyke and what happened with Van Dyke. Wanyama's another example. You've, you've also got Dembele, who we've just mentioned. If Dembele leaves Leon, what are we talking transfer fee-wise? You know, same with Tierney at Arsenal. 
we can't sell a first team player like in Cham Aye. for ten million. Pounds. I don't think we should put ourselves down. It's nothing to be going against what Sam said. He's entitled to his opinion. Matty Cash is leaving Nottingham Forest for fifteen million pound, and Cham's twice the player that Matty yeah. Cash is. Mm-hmm. Stephen T, this goes back to a point again, Stevie, that you've mentioned uh, mentioned about Barry Douglas. Stephen T reckons that he's injury prone lately and 30 plus too much of a risk. What are we talking here if we brought him in? Um, I mean, would it be a, a loan deal? Would it be a permanent deal? What kind of transfer fee would we be talking? I think you would probably be able to get him in loan. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you're not wanting to pay big money for somebody that's injury prone. But again, it's, it's not something I have at hand. How many games did they play for Leeds United last year? You know, is it only a recent thing that he's maybe picked up a few injuries? Because, you know, we're talking about James McCarthy yesterday. Again, your thing was going off the radar yesterday. How many games has he missed? How many games has he played? Mm -hmm. You know, it's... And again, is it worth the risk? Is it value? Or do you go and buy somebody to play that position? Are we right in thinking the end justifies the means for this season? If you're bringing someone in, you know, yeah. as Stephen says, a year loan, you know, just the ends justifies the means. We, j- we all want to get to 10. We want to get to 10, and, but again, we were talking about this, about the Europa League to think about, and I'm, I'm confident enough that we're going to get to the group stages of that, Stephen. We've got our domestic treble yep. to look at, and you've got a Scottish Cup from last season. Yeah, Five tournaments. Aye. So you're right, if you get getting someone in to fill a gap for 12 Aye. months, and... For the time being, we forget about the three-year plan, etc. Mm-hmm. With some players, not all players, because yeah. obviously Turnbull's been brought in with a lot of potential. You're looking at some of the signings we're making. A Yeti, if he has a couple of great seasons and he becomes a star man, yeah. there's a sell-on value there. But one or two, I mean, Duffy being the case in point, is there a, a loan? Is it a loan-to-buy deal with Duffy? I'm thinking it probably is. The negotiations were going on for some time. He's 28, not the type we would normally buy at that age, so... You're maybe right there, I think, Jim. One or two players coming in just, um, you know, as you I say, for Steve, this season. Stephen said earlier, there'll be a thinning down of the squad for some, Jim, for simple economics. Yeah. For, for, for that reason, that's that's just because we exist as a business and everybody will be the same. There'll no be a club in Britain that's any different. But I think just this year, you know. This year's, get, this year's important. Yeah. But a wee, a wee thing on Ferguson we, and, and Stevie's uh, uh, backing Stevie here. If we, if we get somebody like uh, Ferguson in as well, and we've got Turnbull, there's the makings of a good pairing in there for going forward. Aye, and at a good age. And at a cracking age. Yeah. I think that would be that would be quite good, hopefully with a long-term uh, McGregor in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think that would be, be a, a no-bad wee, wee three in there. But... But on the on the, the, the Barry Douglas, I'm just checking again. Stevie, 42 appearances, Leeds uh, United. He's obviously 30, but again, he could he could do a wee job in there for us, isn't it? I think he'd go back to using a, an old word, Jim. We need a few stalwarts this season. Aye, yep. You know, just old heads to carry us through some difficult situations because not every game is going to be pretty no. you know so we Quite just need these guys Stevie. to carry us through you know a wee bit of determination and a wee bit of know-how and you, the, could, you could in the road you've won one and that's what we've said we've said in the show in various weeks some of this this season is going to be ugly Jim go back it's to going to, be, to play ugly he's just said to Toure come up help us 
try and get us into the Champions League. Yep. That was all achieved. And again, one of, one of Brendan's great things when he was talking about Callum McGregor, he says when he first came into the club, people would tell him all the things Callum couldn't do. Mm. He says, but he concentrated on what he could do, and his job was to complement him with somebody playing beside him who could do the things they need a partnership. That's bang on, and Stephen, that, that is good, and that's refreshing to hear that as well, what you've just said, because too many people tell people what they can't do, rather than what they can do, and what by doing what they can do, they can achieve, they can achieve better. By that, you go forward, and your limitation becomes, is no limitation, Aye. you can be motivated to become better, and better, and better. So let's just go back to young, young, uh, Taylor again, young Greg Taylor. So there we are. Come on, son. Let's get let's get you motivated. Let mm-hmm. more than what you are. Work in your game. Work on your sending the ball into the box. Work in other parts of your game, and you'll become a better player. And come and be embraced by everybody. So that's very important, Stevie. That tell them what they're good at and work on He's what they're maybe team. no good at. Playing a better team. He's came for a team who are defending seventy percent of the time, a team that are attacking ninety percent of the time. Aye, you know the boys adapting to that. They will adapt. Yeah, and um, obviously his backup might be ball and golly, but that's another conversation. (laughs) Stevie, we had a good wee discussion about the uh, SFA's disciplinary panel. Yep. What's your thoughts on that? Well, as everybody in this room knows, I'm a massive fan of Peter Lowell. Yep. But I think we've been a wee bit distant on this and I think we should be a wee bit more outspoken. I think the, the injustice in the discipline system in Scottish football <coughs> in two recent examples were the punishment to Bolly and the Aberdeen players. Bolly got three matches with immediate suspension and two suspended. The Aberdeen players were three matches but will only be invoked if they break the same regulations they were charged with. An example two, Yuzo sent off in pre-season game, two-match ban upheld. Ryan Kent sent off in pre-season. Hee-haw. So I'd like us to challenge these decisions and because, again, a lot of Celtic fans won't really be that upset, I don't think, because it's Bolly, Bolly and Golly and they're no great fans of his. Mm. But it could be a more high-profile player and then I think it's an injustice. It's inconsistency. That's exactly what it is. At its highest level. Yeah. What would the club, do you think... You know, I, I think back to the days in McCann, Stevie, and, and you just knew that any injustice would be fought to the nth degree. What do you think the club would do, uh, looking at these two examples you're you're providing today? I think they should t- take it up with them, maybe privately. I, I, again, we were really, really missing Paul McBride in situations like who yeah. probably they even took it upon himself to act on it. But I think we need to take it up, and then if we don't get anywhere, make it public and say this is what we've tried to do, and this is the response we've had. Because I don't think we could just accept it because. In this season of all seasons, during the course of this season, something will crop up and manifest itself that's going to try and derail our ten in a row. Mm-hmm. So if we don't nip it in the bud, we sort of simple examples, then we might find ourselves in a dogfight that takes a wee bit of focus off the ten in a row. The one we can't just I, I just can't understand the one we can't how he gets away with it. Can't understand it. As you say, use it was it a too much plan? Too much plan. Too much plan. But he has got away with it, and, and, and Stevie, right. I'd like to reiterate what Stephen said as well. I like Peter Lowell. I like what, what he's done for us, and um, eh, over the period, I mean, you, you look at it, 
he's been a, a chief executive that's uh, been stubborn at times. He's he's wanted to do things uh, his way. He he's done good. Maybe not got everything right, but we still back him. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh, just like the manager, just like the team. He we back him to the hilt as sure. well. Well, he's the chief executive. We back him. We might not agree with everything he says or does, but we we back him. What the SFA, eh, Stevie, it is quite hard to comprehend uh, how they're taking the Celtic player and uh, m- maybe the s- severity of it is that he left the, uh, the country, but the other guys know he get uh, a disciplinary uh, suspension as well. Up that, that just doesn't sit right, does it? Jim, if I can go back to, to Fergus taking Farry back to court. Steve, Stephen knows this case. I've, I kept the front page of the Glasgow Herald. That case took six minutes in a public court. Six minutes. When Celtic, there were three investigations that all passed Farry. Three internal SFA investigations and they all passed Mr Farry for holding back George Cadetti's signature. Mm-hmm. When it went to a public court, it took six minutes. The QC representing, I keep saying Rangers, but it's SFA, uh, asked to approach the, 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 the judge and withdrew his services, saying that his clients had withheld documentation and paperwork from They had lied to him. Yeah. Their own QC, the SFA's QC, withdrew his services. So you're dealing with an association that's been found to be wanting. You know, we, we were told Hugh Evans tells us how great a, a man Farry was. That's what he done. Six minutes in a public court. Absolutely, and I and I do agree that there's been issues for generations all around the SFA and the treatment of Celtic. However, William Zero One on YouTube explains that the reason Kent never got disciplined is because the French FA never reported the offence. So on that occasion, well, that could explain that one. But I think in terms of the the coronavirus uh, breaches, it's yeah. something that needs to be looked at. But as you say, Stevie. And I brought up ball and goal of the day. It's like a bad word. I'm not allowed to say maybe ball and goal will be a left back. The Celtic fans... But you're entitled to your opinion. Well, it's, it's for me though, Jim, I just think that the boy done wrong, he's now been punished. Mm-hmm. Once the five-game ban is up, Neil Lennon and Celtic will need to decide whether or not he's going to play for Celtic. Aye, but you're entitled to your opinion and we stay everybody else that's part of the show. They're also a, a entitled to their opinions and that's what makes it a show and hopefully that's what makes it a good show it's like me saying it's an option for left back I'm, I'm not necessarily right I'm not necessarily wrong but that's just my opinion if I want to drop somebody in for left mid uh, sorry for the midfield into a left back position that's that's my opinion but it doesn't need to happen it doesn't need to happen that uh, Bongongoli becomes a left back mm-hmm. it doesn't, doesn't need to happen but you're entitled to your opinion and it's great that all these opinions are coming in and it's open for debate. I think what Stephen said earlier on there as well, eh, Paul John, is give us your your, your formation, eh, fans out there, give us it in, your three five two, your four four two, or or eh, whatever formate five four one, whatever formation you want to give us. Get it in, because I think that's a fantastic debate, just like the one eh, Stephen brought up about songs being sung. So it's a show open for the fans to get in their views. And the one just now is the team lineups. I'd love to see them coming in. 
We'll have an entire show discussing that, Jim. Yeah. I mean, we've um, we've had loads and loads of comments today via Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The fantastic panel has been made up of Jim Watt, Stevie Mullen, and Jim Simonetti, and um, we've got one or two one or two other points to go through before we wrap this up. But it will be getting wrapped up in the next second or two, and. I think what's interesting is Sean Fox on YouTube states that Bolly left the country, the Dons players were only in the pub. Still breaking the rules. Still breaking the rules. John McCauley counters that by saying Bolly tested negative, the Aberdeen players didn't. So it's one of these ones that... Um, but, but if you're doing a correlation, if he gets five matches, three immediate, two suspended, surely they should get one immediate and two suspended. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they've uh-huh. really escaped scot free for that. I know. You know, they, they, they get two club games postponed, the same as Ball and Golly get two Celtic games postponed, but they didn't really receive any punishment unless they break the same regulation again. But that makes no sense to me. No, I'm with you, Stevie. I'm with you. Now, we've had some excellent guests on. Uh, a state of mind as well as a Celtic state of mind. Big Jim Leishman was in yesterday talking to us about his illustrious career. And we're recording the Salt and Sauce show tonight, which is non-Celtic related. Uh, so you can catch up on Friday as to who the guest is going to be. Jim, anybody else interested in coming in this week? Yes, eh, we've got um, eh, Graham Diamond from Clyde Football Club and Danny Lennon eh, from Clyde Football Club coming in. Uh, to be on the Celtic Bulletin on Friday. And from there, they will then uh, do an independent uh, uh, interview on a state of mind regarding uh, Clyde Football Club and football in general. And uh, that will be that'll be quite an interesting that'll be quite an interesting day. Two good guys coming on the show and uh, I, I'm looking forward to uh, the weekend as well where you've got on the uh, You've got Edgar coming. Edgar Summertime, he's coming up yeah. from Liverpool. He has played with the likes of Paul Weller, Johnny Marr, Rob <coughs> Laz, Ian McCulloch, Ocean Colour Scene. <laughs> he's coming up for a live interview on Sunday. He's going to be playing an acoustic session and doing a DJ set. So, busy day on Sunday. Fantastic. And uh, you will all love it. So, thanks everybody for joining us on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you. Here we go. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.